I'm Dylan Curtis. And I'm Amy Selby. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back on the I'm Wondering podcast this week with Dylan. Yeah. Looking forward to continuing this I, conversation. <laughs> I feel like I'm the guest this week. <laughs> we should have switched spots. Yeah. yeah Made yeah. it like official. Yeah. This is now Amy's podcast. <laughs> yes. I have so much experience in that. He's I, just giving me the reins. Didn't know she was taking it, but I guess I've learned in this moment with all of you. That she's in charge. Just got to go with it. <laughs> That's fine. I trust you to take care of it. You put a mic in front of me and you yeah. never know what's going to happen. I know. It's great. Watch, watch out. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, this is part two of what we started last week, and we we're talking about justice. And mm-hmm. uh, we talked last week about social justice and biblical justice and yes. the similarities and differences there. And so this week we're going to jump uh, a little bit more into biblical justice. And I think what's an even harder conversation yeah. of what do we do with that? Yeah. Yeah. What's our part? Right? Yeah. What does it matter? How do we do it? Are we called to that? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Spoiler alert. Yes, we're called to that. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you got that from last week too, right? (sighs) Yes. This is a part of following Jesus. Yes, it is. Yes. Absolutely. It's a little tricky. Yeah. It's a little tricky. Yeah. But it's good. So we're going to have a conversation about that, share some more verses of where we're pulling stuff from and looking forward to it. So we'll take a break and then we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Part two. Woohoo. Justice. Justice. Yes. Not the Justice League. <laughs> I don't I've never even seen the We could have worn costumes. Yeah, today. we could have. Yeah, yes. That's what no we one would have see done. us, but we should have worn costumes. Okay. Wouldn't that have been fun? <laughs> no. No, it wouldn't have. I'm sorry. I am I am tentatively scheduled to preach on Halloween, so I might wear a Oh I might wear a costume. It's so Reformation. who would you be in the Justice League though? Uh, I don't know. I don't really watch Justice League. I'm more of a Marvel <laughs> fan than a DC fan. Who is Flash? Mm, Flash the Justice is, League or I think is he's he? Justice League, right? I think he is. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Would you be I Flash? get them all kind of confused. He's the one I know the most. Yeah, I guess I mean I guess Batman's in there. I could do Batman. There we go. Batman. With the Batmobile. I will take you down, no. punk. That's my Christian Bale version <laughs> oh, of Batman. Nice. Heading off to the bat cave. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have a bat cave. <laughs> oh my goodness, we digress. Yes, we yes. very much digress. Yes. So yeah, last week, just a quick refresher, we talked about justice, as Amy said in the intro, uh, focused a lot on biblical justice, which is where we will pick things up this week with yes. the big old question of what is our part in justice? Mm-hmm. Which is a, that's a big question. It's a big question. So I will defer to my senior, uh, (laughs) who's been a pastor much longer, and she gets to dive into some Bible verses. Oh, fun. uh, Some of which I provided, and some of which I think she wrote down on her own. So take us away, pastor. It is pretty surprising when you start to look at justice in the Bible. Like, there's a lot uh, verses on justice. I think um, I read that the word justice appears. This is in English, of course. So I would say take that with a grain of salt. It's probably more than this. 
Um, but the word justice appears like 168 times or something like that in scripture. Yeah, at least. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Not as yep. much as love. Love shows up like 700 sometimes. But yes, for sure. That's the but it's bigger still, message, but it's still... Very prominent. It is. Well, can you love without being just? Mm, good question. I would say no, but I yeah, would say go no ahead. Too. That's part of this. It's it love encompasses justice. Yes, I think right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a couple different words in Hebrew. One of them I can't pronounce anymore. Is, <laughs> Talk it, about is it mishpat? Hebrew class? Nope, it's another one. Okay. Um, but there's that idea that we talked about last week too of restorative justice and yeah. then re- retributive. Why can I not yeah, say retributive. that? Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> Yeah, that was a tongue tie. Yeah, so retributive, um, retributive, retributive. Yeah, it's hard. So it'd be interesting if you counted all of them, how much it would be. But anyway, it's a prominent message. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's not a question: are are we called to it? But we are called to it. So what do we yeah. what do we do with that? So uh, Micah six eight is pretty famous, I think. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorites. I actually have it on my desk as well. Uh, so it reads, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. An interesting combination of some verbs there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And just uh, nothing humbles you like, uh, he has shown you, O mortal, <laughs> right? you little mortal. <laughs> And I'm like, you're right. Yes, you absolutely <laughs> Let me have. Put you in your place. Yeah. Yes. You are not God. Oh, so funny. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But again, there's that idea linked at the beginning too, right? With with to act justly and to love mercy. Like those are yeah. that really is the biblical justice piece right there for sure, because mercy is a big piece of that. Yeah. Like we talked about last week too. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Love that verse. Um, and of course these old Testament ones, you think of what was going on and (laughs) what the people were experiencing. Yeah. 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 There was some injustice happening back then. No. As well. Super cheery and peaceful. Yeah. Utopia. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Super utopia. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Isaiah speaks a lot too on, uh, on justice, biblical justice. And, And like we talked about last week, the character of God, which is where, uh, justice for us comes out of. So Isaiah 1, 7 says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. Whew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these were, I mean, the, the orphans and widows were, and still are in a lot of ways, the mm-hmm. most vulnerable people yes. in society. Yep. So. Yep. I think anywhere there are people mentioned, it's, uh, categories of those people that are on the fringe yeah right and then there's parts of those groups that are even farther out on the fringe yeah and i think widows and orphans are still probably yeah some of the most vulnerable for sure yeah i mean just look at the (sighs) foster care system yes oh my goodness Uh, yeah 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 sex trafficking all sorts of stuff oh yeah so yeah i know Ugh. Not, yeah, hard stuff, hard stuff, hard stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so Isaiah has a lot to say, but that verse is a great verse. And we read and referred to Isaiah last week, too. So it's good. Oh, we're going to bring Leviticus. Oh, yeah. Levi- Deuteronomy last week, Leviticus this week. It's good. Okay, so here's Leviticus 19.15. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. 
Oof. Oof. That's Ooh. Yeah, that, well, favoritism to the great is very difficult, isn't it? Yes. Especially in a society that's uh, just drenched in celebrity worship and yeah it's absolutely yeah yes that's, that's hard and mm-hmm. i don't i don't the function of partiality in this this mm-hmm. verse i don't understand how it's functioning personally what do they mean by partiality do they mean like treating poor people wrong is that what they mean by partiality well or just is it that idea um more of favoritism either way but like we talked about last week Mm -hmm. it's a relationship of equity Mm -hmm. and making that playing field equal for everyone yeah yeah i think you're right i think it's Mm -hmm. just meant to say treat people fairly yeah regardless of their situation whether Mm -hmm. they're kings or they're beggars treat them the same and if we did we wouldn't really need justice that would be a weird that is a weird concept (laughs) Uh can you imagine especially in american culture (laughs) yeah treat everyone the same (laughs) sure yeah 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 you're not gonna treat everyone the same i mean that's the goal right but i think that's a struggle in our culture especially goodness and i think personally that is like a constant area for me of just trying to be aware of who I judge and how I judge. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of that is so buried mm-hmm. that it just shows up and I don't sure. always even recognize it. Yeah. So I'm sure I don't pe- treat people with equity and yeah. trying to recognize who, who I treat less equity, equitably. I can't talk Equitable. today. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got um, it. You who got it. That, you know who that is. I think that's hard. It's very hard. Well, and we're just so programmed, I think, to be comfortable and drawn to Mm -hmm. uh, people like us. Yes. So it's hard when, if you're a middle class person, when you come across homelessness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even the opposite being true, coming across wealth. That's what I was going to say. One of the most uncomfortable situations, this is so random and out of left field, (laughs) but one of the most uncomfortable situations uh, Hannah and I were in is when we were on our honeymoon. We went to a nice, nice, fancy restaurant that was suggested by a coworker that I had had. Okay. Um, It was like this killer restaurant. But it was a very expensive meal, and we both felt so uncomfortable the whole time. Oh, just in the context. Yeah, it just felt like we don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that can swing both ways. And we're drawn to those like us who make us feel comfortable. So it's hard to step out. And it is. engage those who are different, and especially to treat people who are different fairly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, on either side of that. Yeah. It takes a lot more work. Mm-hmm. I would say it takes a lot more effort on our part because mm-hmm. it's usually awkward. Let's be <laughs> yes, honest. Like we've all awkward. been in those situations <laughs> and it feels awkward. And yes, I would encourage myself and all of us to mm-hmm. persist in that awkwardness. Maybe there's a language barrier. I've worked with people who oh, that's hard. there's a language barrier and we're literally speaking two different languages to each other. Trying to communicate. Trying to communicate through mm-hmm. nonverbals and other things while still speaking our languages to each other. Yes. And I remember very distinctly, I worked with a lady who she was a cleaner at the Safeway I worked at. And no one talked to her because she only spoke Spanish. Oh, my goodness. But her and I ended up taking lunch at the same time. And I tried to speak to her. And we tried Uh to speak to each other. And I thought it was it was great. We didn't understand maybe a fraction of what either <laughs> said, but we I think we enjoyed our time trying to talk to each other. Yes. So situations like that, like just try to engage people. If I think the effort, yeah, alone 
it goes along with a lot. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it truly does. And how do we as a church? So when I was in seminary, I preached on James and showing favoritism. Wow, a Lutheran girl preached on James. I huh? know. Look at that. What is that? Dr. They... Winnig must have had a sense of humor. Yeah, did he? Did, did, <laughs> was did the Lutheran church revoke it your credentials a... <laughs> after they found out about <laughs> yeah. that? Like, nope, sorry. That's funny. James yeah. is in the he Bible. He made me preach on James too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he He's still, still does that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Romans and James. It is totally, yeah. yep, all those hard passages. What did oh you my have gosh. in Romans? Think of how many times he has listened to those sermons so you can t- so <laughs> either he's really really nice or he like does know when you can preach and we'll yes. tell you that yes we don't I'm... know scott let us know he's actually on my examination <laughs> oh, team yes for my MDiv oh, oral exam so dylan's got his orals coming up i'll ask him Woo. i'll say hey listen i work with amy selby <laughs> were you selby at the time i was okay yep. you know and her and i realized You've been listening to people preach Romans and James for, for a long years. time. So are you just really nice to everybody <laughs> or like, are you serious when you say, no, I think you have the gift to preach. <laughs> See what he says. Oh, that's so funny. You totally should. Yeah. yeah he's, he's such like, a great guy. Yeah. I'm not here for that. An amazing teacher. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Scott's, Scott's killer. He's awesome. He is. He was one of my favorites. He's a preach and teacher. He's a great preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. he preaches when he teaches, and it's he does. fascinating to watch. Oh, he's, so. yeah, yeah. He hits hard, but with a lot of yeah. good stories and humor. And oh, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very gifted biblically in preaching. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yep. you preach James. Sorry, Sorry. to get us off track there. <laughs> right? That was just, that Common was a fun connection. moment yeah. <laughs> on favoritism. And so mm. how do we also, as a congregation, show favoritism? Oh, or yeah. judgment sure. um, to any of those folks that we're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, who would be comfortable and who would be uncomfortable mm-hmm. walking in to experience worship with us on the weekends? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Or how about this? A real challenge. You ready? Oh, here's Dylan bringing it. This is just the reality of what we have to deal with in pastoral positions. Mm-hmm. But say two people are upset about the same thing but one of them gives a lot more to the church than the mm-hmm. other. Who would you probably try and address the issue with first? Oof. Right. And obviously you have to pick one. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying you just automatically don't pick the one who gives more, but you probably would. Right. Cause that's the struggle. It is it's a like, struggle. There is a reality to church mm-hmm. on some level, but how do we at least combat some of that and not always basically the fear that I have in most churches that I've been in is like, what happens if like th- you only take care of that select group, right? Mm-hmm. This is like, well, yeah, you have the safety of the church continuing because they're the ones who support most of, you know, financial financially. resources. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, are we then accidentally ignoring other groups of people? Like, that, it's just a hard balance. It is hard But I balance. think that's what James, because he's talking about the church. He's literally talking about he is. don't go and usher them into a seat up front because you know they're well off. And exactly. then the poor person who shows up, you put them in the back because that doesn't mm-hmm. look good. Mm-hmm. And there was a story about this. You, re- I'm sure you remember this. This story reverberated around the church world about a guy who was taking over a big church. He was taking over oh, a mega church. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. Yep. And so he shows up on his first Sunday, but he's dressed as basically a homeless, homeless man. Homeless person. Yep. Real dirty, just, you know, that whole vibe. And he goes and he goes to sit up front in the front row. Uh, and one of the ushers comes up to him and, and actually asks him to move and to move him to the back. To the back. 
um, because of his appearance, basically. Yep. And so they, you know, start service, and then whoever comes out to announce, hey, the new senior pastor's here with us, you know, I'm going to invite him up on stage, and he gets up from the back. Walks up front. Walks up front, and everybody is floored because mm-hmm. no one had talked to him. No one acknowledged him. The only acknowledgement he got was you need to go sit in the back because you look poor and dirty. Mm-hmm. And he just like chastised them. Oh boy. Yeah, and, that was a rough. And, and ended service <laughs> after that and said, go home and think about this. You know, and that's, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the reality is our churches can sometimes fall into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you're saying, we got we to gotta check ourselves. Yeah. Both as pastoral staff, as church staff, as volunteers, as churchgoers, like to check our hearts and say, am I avoiding this individual or these people because I'm uncomfortable or they, mm-hmm. you know, they're poor or dirty or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. cause that is buried deep down. It is. It's stuff that's conditioned throughout time, I think, in a lot of our lives. So. Yes, and generations sometimes. Yeah. I mean, some of that's yeah. just been part of oh, it gosh, for generations. Oh, gosh, generations. We yeah. can do a whole podcast <laughs> on <could>. generations. <laughs> we easily you know. could. But God's yep. like, no, no partiality. Like, I, mm-hmm. there's a dignity. Either the image way. of God is in everybody. Like, yes. So that's a, cha- that's a challenge for all of us, mm-hmm. like breaking, that, breaking those social norms again that are uncomfortable. Yes, and often anti-cultural, which is tough. Oh, yeah. Go against the grain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much against the grain. I mean, I have friends, just like in the political realm, I have friends who are conservative and friends who are liberal. Sure. And I try and sit in the middle and sit with each group. And it's hard sometimes oh, because goodness. all I hear on either side is how terrible the other side is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these are people. Like, yeah. these are humans. It's a good we don't see eye to eye, but like personally attacking, dragging people spitting venomous things and these are christians yeah <laughs> about the other group is not going to do anything it's not it's helpful going to divide the church it's going to divide mm-hmm. households, families friends like yep. that is not the way we're called to uh just to take like a wider rant on it but <laughs> yeah we, we have it's to move helpful. past those those apparent barriers and restrictions and classifications mm-hmm. if we want to execute good biblical justice mercy grace all of it we have to move beyond we have to move to the person rather than their positions um that's really difficult (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying like this is easy or that i'm not i'm very guilty all right the blood is also on my hands but yes it's but it's it's, a tough one it's tough Yep, and things have been so politically charged these last few years that it makes it much harder yeah yeah absolutely yep Anyways. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I think a lot of that is from our emotions. And like you said, emotions aren't a bad thing. Right. I think though we react a lot of times from our emotions and we're talking about this being the heart of God, but I, we don't mean that in an emotional right. way that way. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not because I feel like treating people fairly. Right. It's not because I feel like any of that, right? Like it's, that's not the motivation. The motivation yeah. is, yeah, following, yeah. following God in that. And so feelings are a part of that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times we get overrun by yeah. our feelings and yeah. then it can get ugly really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It can. Yeah. Well, and to go back to James, it talks about how God, there is no shifting shadows in God. Mm, God is not just that. like changing on a whim based on emotions or anything. He is who he is and yes. he is faithful forever. Again, back to the Psalm. Psalm. Mm-hmm. And that's, he is consistent. And that's, he is. you know, part of what I think we're 
also he's helping shape us towards that. Yes. It's to not be shifting with <laughs> culture, with emotions or anything like, but to be faithful. And yes. that's a hard goal. <laughs> Ooh, it's a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. But yep. yeah, good stuff. It is good stuff. Sorry. Oh my if, goodness. Sorry if I'm getting <laughs> not just myself, but you in trouble <laughs> with any of this. <laughs> we got sidetracked a little. It's all good. Okay, so Jeremiah, too. Um, oh, poor Jeremiah trying to call these people out. <laughs> Not. Like. Isn't Jeremiah just the, I know the plans I have for you? Oh, yes. twenty nine eleven. That that's yeah. all that's in Jeremiah. That's just it, right? No. <laughs> no. If you want that ruin, don't oh. read Jeremiah. Or, I mean, if you do want to ruin, read Jeremiah. It's a lot more than that. Oh, but God is good. That's Dylan the can, point. Dylan can chat yeah. with you about that. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I'm a great ruiner. <laughs> Uh, but it's true. God is good. So this comes from a few chapters before that verse. Uh, Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed and do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless and the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. Jeremiah didn't mince words ever. No. I don't think. That's a gift Mm-mm. of the prophets, isn't it? <laughs> it is. No mincing. No mincing. No straight no beating around out. bushes. None of it. Just <laughs> nope. straight to the point. Here we go. Jumping right in. That's I that's I love that about the prophets personally. <laughs> like just yeah. Just yeah. give it to us. Straight up. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kinda glad I wasn't part of that group back then. Exactly. <laughs> Those are uh, hard messages to try to receive when it's so fascinating to me too when you contrast this with john 10 jesus talks about how the father has given him these people Mm -hmm. and like those that you know have received him like they can't be snatched from the father's hand essentially Mm -hmm. is what it says so it's interesting to see these juxtapositions of like you help deliver people from the oppressor's hand um, but at the same time like god in his hand will never let you go so like there's a partnership between those two things so cool that i'm just putting together at this moment. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, aha. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't know if there's an actual connection. If there's any biblical scholars listening, <laughs> please do not let us know. Destroy me at the uh, <laughs> I'm wondering podcast at gmail.com email. Got it in. <laughs> you did. That was very smooth. Yes. Yeah, I'm so impressed. Smooth. <laughs> All right. Should we do one more verse? Yes. So Proverbs, book of wisdom good place to to hear from yeah yeah proverbs 25 26 like a muddled spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked Ooh. 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 how about that imagery yeah yeah so so many of these are like positive statements and the fact oh go and do this yes. right and this is one of those times because when i found it i was like Ooh, Ooh. this is tough <laughs> Where it's like, oh no, like we can't, we can't give way to the wicked. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge struggle. And you can, there's a spectrum, right? Like of complicit uh, is basically endorsement. So like Mm -hmm. that's the critique that people have had, especially around race stuff. Absolutely. Um, So like, how do you balance, you know, not giving way to the wicked? How do you, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? That's a great question. Tell us, Pastor Amy. (laughs) Yes. Should I just answer that simply? With your many years of wisdom. 10 words or less. Yeah. 10 words or less. (laughs) This is the application part of the sermon. Ten words or less. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. Yeah. But there is kind of two sides to that justice, right? Not giving out, giving in, but um, fighting for those that are oppressed and vulnerable and Mm -hmm. all of those things. Yeah. Well, I think... I think a lot of it goes back to what we talked a little bit about last week. And you start in Genesis... um, 
which you and Hannah did when you talked about marriage too. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you definitely should do that. That was fun. Um, But I think it's, I mean, it's a starting place for all creation, right? But uh, I think as we're learning there that we're created in the image of God, that's where we start with biblical justice too and how we live that out because God created us in his image. And that's not just you and me. That's not just people in the church. That's not just any group of people, everyone is created in the image of God. So everyone has that uh, sanctity to their life and that value and the importance. And, uh, and it always amazes me how God can love so many people. And yet he does. Yeah. And so, right. All of us are also loved by God. And so I Mm -hmm. think as we talk about like, what does this mean? And, and how do we, how do we live this out? That really that idea of, um, assigning value to each person that we come across, no matter what they look like or Mm -hmm. smell like, or, um, any of those things, what color they are, what job they're doing, any of those things, but being able to somehow assign them that dignity, which we talked some about last week, just eye contact and conversation Mm -hmm. is pretty big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, giving a rip about someone matters a lot to people. It does. And they can tell when you do and when you don't. Yes. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. But I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's, we look at these big issues, societal mm-hmm. issues, whether it's racism or poverty, uh, homelessness, whatever they may be, and we make them into huge institutional problems. And in doing so, we kind of shift blame from ourselves. Oh. So if we, like you said, if we're just, if we take more of a daily approach, if mm-hmm. we have the image of God mentality mm-hmm. and we just engage people in a just way, that is a good place to start. Um, it is. Because you can't just tackle a whole system uh, or a huge, massive institutional problem. Mm-hmm. It needs us as faithful believers living in a biblical, just way towards others, um, reflecting that love that we've received, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the place to start. Yes. Because um, I think it gets daunting for people at times, and, and they kind of back away. Oh, it's, it's overwhelming. Like, uh, what do I do with that? Absolutely. And it's like, well, just live in a faithful, loving, biblical mm-hmm. way. And that's a that's where you start. It and, is. And you've done that. In simple ways. You've done that in your personal mm-hmm. and ministry life um, mm-hmm. when you were in the inner city. Yeah. And that I, I'm excited to hear the many <laughs> stories because that that's a partnership, right? It wasn't just... Uh, uncomfortable for you. I'm sure it was uncomfortable for oh my goodness the church. And yes, it was. There's a culture clash, and mm-hmm. and whether we like it or not, our skin color has a lot of baggage. Yes, um, and preconceived notions from either side. Yeah, so that took a lot of um, courage, I think, on both sides for this mm-hmm. to happen. And I'm just curious what that was like and how that informed you. Yeah, I give huge kudos to the senior pastor who was there, right? Who who was like okay, I don't understand this, but we're, we're going to do this. We got this white girl. <laughs> and they, a church is hard. Ministry is hard. There's a lot of big challenges. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think especially uh, finding people or 
yeah, just people being willing to step up and to serve and all of those things. So the lead pastor had been praying for a while for help. Yeah, so yeah. He walked in the door. <laughs> I know. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a little more specific in my prayers from now on. It's like, <laughs> I asked for help, not right. warfare, okay? Exactly. Not this little white woman. Thanks <laughs> anyway, but no, it's not what I was talking about. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so it was pretty awesome. Um, And I think interesting on a lot of different levels because, yes, within that congregation, but also with in the culture of those churches that are connected, um, that are black churches too, like got pushed back from them too. Yeah. And I think coming out of the history that they've had, sure. church is a place where they were able to be themselves. Yeah. Like there weren't other people telling them what was okay and what wasn't okay and sure. how to do things. And they had, to, that's where they could experience freedom. Yeah. I think because in their lives, there's so much oppression and racism and all of those things that uh, that was really a place where they felt free. So having a white person step into that space. Yeah was like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope, yeah. we do not need you to come rescue us or save us or yeah, any sure, of those sure. things. So, uh, yeah, so that was really interesting. And I think um, we mentioned before Micah 6, and I think one of the things that I love about that verse I really try to live out too is where it talks about walking humbly. And so that yeah. was a very humbling experience yeah. to be on yeah. that side of things and to experience what it's like to be um, completely look completely different than anyone else that's in the room yeah. or the sanctuary or any of those things. And it's such a different perspective that I think coming from my white suburban upbringing in Boulder, sure, like, sure. <laughs> can I really be any more removed? Oh, God truly does have a sense of humor. Yeah, but absolutely. experiencing that on the other side, and we lived in an all-black neighborhood too, so we were kind of in the mix of that culture um, and just so thankful and grew so much. Um, but asking God to help me to be humble in that and to be the one who's learning and not the one who's telling them how to do things, right. but appreciating who they are and, uh, and assigning them dignity and value. Yeah, like we yeah. talked about, they're um, cre beautiful creations of God. And so it, being in the reverse of that then allows you to see ways that they experience oppression and discrimination in ways you would never yeah. guess. Right? Yeah. Just even the looks of people when you walk into a grocery store or you order at McDonald's sure. or sure. anywhere like that. And it's like, oh, there this goes on on many, many levels oh, yeah. that we don't even recognize. Mm -hmm. So oh, one yeah. of the things I appreciated, I don't want to get all political, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> with our with our last election was there was more awareness of accessibility or inaccessibility to voting. Sure. Like, sure, everyone has the right to vote. Sure. But the polling places are fewer and harder to get to in a lot of those communities. Yeah. So there's not a lot of equity in that. Sure. Because sure. just the way systemically that's mm -hmm. set up goes yeah. against people in that community trying to vote. So yeah. I think there's a lot of things like that that we're just not aware of yeah. not having lived that out ourselves. There's mm -hmm. a lot of places where that injustice yeah. shows up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a, the, that's a, brings up an interesting concept to me too. And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I think rights are actually privileges. Mm -hmm. I know we call them rights, but mm -hmm. I think it's a privilege to have rights. So even within that scheme, um, there can still sometimes be um, different levels of, accessibility um, mm -hmm. that different groups have 
So sure, it's a right, but that doesn't mean everybody gets equal access to it still. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a problem. It is you know, a problem. That's, that's an issue. And I know some people will probably be mad about that, but <laughs> you can look it up. There's some very clear statistics on, mm-hmm. uh, especially this with voting rights, but yes. And not just within the black yeah. community, but other minority yes. yeah. communities as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. that's, um, what did we talk about? I think we talked about it with Aisha on the race in the church podcast, but, mm-hmm. um, there's still a lot of segregation in society. It's, it's just social segregation. Yes. Right. It's not enforced by the government, but right. go to any, any city. Um, yes. and like you shared with your experience where you were mm-hmm. at in the inner city, like mm-hmm. you're pretty much like the only white person around, mm-hmm. you know, and that's still the case in Longmont. There's neighborhoods that are pretty much just Hispanic. Yes. You know, and there's neighborhoods that are pretty much just white. And unfortunately, a lot of that means there's a lot of economic disparity there, too, that it isn't Mm -hmm. only skin color or ethnicity, but also that economic piece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at what level, I guess I would ask, like, at at what level is that just or or unjust? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's where the big debate, I think, happens with this stuff. It's like, what should we do in order to change, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. there would be more culturally diverse areas and it mm-hmm. wouldn't be such a clear line between the Hispanic neighborhood tends to be poor and the mm-hmm. white neighborhood tends to be well, well off or mm-hmm. middle class. What would that look like? You know, and that's, that's where people I think get really upset. Yes. Um, so we won't debate that because <laughs> that could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. And yes. that's, that's a very tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but where there is poverty, I think the Bible is very clear that we try to do something to address that. Mm-hmm. So that is very clear. Well, and I think, part of it goes back to maybe more of a definition to like you talked about rights uh, versus privileges. Like what do we, when we're talking biblical justice, what are those rights that we're fighting for? Sure. Cause like food desert is a real thing in a lot of lower income uh, areas. And that is unfortunately a lot of minority neighborhoods where there just is not good food available. I, we were living inner city when they tried to get a King supers into our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I very distinctly remember the conversations happening there and it was so unjust. Uh, and there were some, uh, economics considerations that had some justice to them. Like some of that was justified. Uh, but a lot of those conversations was like, what is happening? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have like probably four grocery stores within two miles of my house (laughs) that all have fresh produce, great prices, like all of these things. And it's like, so what, what is a right? Yeah. And what is a privilege, but it would be hard to argue that food is not a right for everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's the hard part, right? Because then you get into nutrition. Uh-huh. And nutrition, if someone doesn't have good nutrition, that impacts mm-hmm. their health, which probably impacts their ability to work, mm-hmm. uh, which then means they maybe don't have stable employment. And if they do, it's probably not like nice office work. It might be lower, you know, entry-level work. And so thus they're poor. Yes. And so like, yeah, you could follow the rabbit trail, I think, and <laughs> kind of connect those and say, well, yeah, that is probably a justice issue on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it involves healthcare, It involves, you know, economics. Mm-hmm. It involves. Yeah. So yep. you could get there. My, the political you science could. part of me <laughs> says you could get there. Well, and then there's other things that don't seem like they're quite as much a basic need. Like I, one of the things that was most shocking to me when we moved to the inner city is how expensive gas is. Really? Yes. Like 
hugely different cost huh. from where we were to down the street by the seminary. Yeah. Uh, in a more affluent neighborhood, it is so much more expensive. Huh. Yeah. I wonder, is that a supply demand reason? Like, were there a lot of people with cars where you were at? Not as many as probably as in the affluent neighborhoods, right? Cars are expensive. They're very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people tried to use, that's a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Denver's mass (laughs) transit is a mess. So, uh, so that was not easy. Uh, But I would say it wasn't because of supply and demand. Huh. Yeah. That's fat. I would I would like to know why that was the mm-hmm. case, but I'm sure. Kind of like the food desert thing, yeah, too, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Becomes so more really, of a precious commodity, mm-hmm. so they charge more for it. Mm-hmm. And they can. Yeah. And they can, right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, there's just all these layers to it that I think yeah. a lot of times we're not aware of. It's not the world that we're living in. No. And so, I mean, how would you be aware of it yeah. unless you were intentionally seeking that yeah. out? Yeah. Uh, but... So, yeah. yeah. So I think we have this individual piece, which is so important. Like we talked about, that can be very simple, just making eye contact and having conversation with people. And then I think Sunday, too, I mentioned, I think uh, we it's important for us to be intentional about uh, fighting for biblical justice for people, too. Yeah. On a larger level, whatever that might look like within mm-hmm. our congregations or, you know, this day and age church is different than it used to be. So we have a lot of parachurches that yeah. do the work of the church, oh, yeah. um, too, which I think is great in a lot of ways. And so I yeah. think we can uh, bond together in a lot of those ministries, too, yeah. to to do. I mean, there's power in numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important to be intentional about connecting with other people, too, about fighting for biblical justice. Yeah. I remember I had a friend a number of years ago who's a very conservative guy. Mm -hmm. um, And I remember him making this statement. He said something to the effect of, like, welfare programs wouldn't be necessary if the church was doing its job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, ooh. Ooh, that hurts. That's hard, yeah. It is. But... Yeah, if you pool our numbers, like we probably could address most of the major issues mm-hmm. from poverty to food to mm-hmm. we probably could. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, that's I've been spending a lot of time in Acts 2 actually over the last few years. It's just drawn me so much for like what is church? What is church about? What was God's intention with yeah. the church? All of those things. We could do a podcast on that sometime too. There's just yeah. all sorts of good stuff to talk about. Um, but looking at that and how they came together and pooled resources yeah. and took care of each other and others. And yeah. um, there's a, there's a big witness in yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, one of the most impactful things for the early growth of Christianity, this is so random, but... Uh, Dylan with the random yeah, information. Yeah, I read it in The Rise of Christianity, great book about the early church. Um, but he, he talked about in there, one of the main factors was when the plagues happened in the 100 and 100s and 200s in, mm-hmm. in you know, Rome and the empire, Christians, just by simple fact that they pooled their resources and had food and water because of that, yes. were able to help non-Christians... Um, and just by having food and water, their survivability was way higher. And so it was a, it ended up being like a gospel thing because they were able to share the gospel by doing that. Um, and the Roman government didn't care. They were just letting people die. Well, the people were being, yeah, they're like, you can do whatever you want with that. So like that simple fact that they pooled their resources to offer a basic Mm -hmm. need, which is food and water to people, Mm -hmm. the gospel like blew up during that time. And I'm like, Wow. What a basic like thing. Mm-hmm. 
like we I have food and water like yeah. we can afford our food and water mm-hmm. like there's people who can't what do we do about that yeah you know? like, exactly but anyways yeah the church has been instrumental I think in a lot of that right oh like yeah. the kids will ask why is the hospital named after so-and-so yeah, or whatever yeah. it's like well the church has the church a big that. history yeah. yeah in being a huge part of bringing health care to people so yeah well good we didn't yeah. solve everything <laughs> Uh, we maybe ruffled a few feathers and I will say this, I don't see the conversation and the areas we dove into as being political first. I see them as being biblical first. And that's something that has very much disappointed me and saddened me over the last decade of watching the church Mm -hmm. is that we've made things that really are biblical issues into political issues. Mm -hmm. And then people are taking sides on those issues that aren't biblical. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, this is a biblical issue first and Mm -hmm. we need to address Poverty is talked about in the Bible a lot. Yep. Uh, feeding people, giving them water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those in fact, that are in oppressed. Romans 12, Paul says, actually, you should give food and water to any enemy, someone who persecutes you. You should give that to them mm-hmm. uh, because that heaps shame upon them if they don't receive it. And it's like, even that, like, yep. it's, it is very, very much a biblical issue that we take care of others, that we try, that we do our best to be just, that we mm-hmm. reflect the character of God. Mm-hmm. So some of this can sound very political, but I think it's biblical. I do too. And I think really, I think what always amazes me and gets me kind of excited is that God could take care of all this stuff any way he wanted to, yeah. but he continues to work through us. Yeah. And and working for biblical justice is, I don't see it as political either. I see it yeah. as a way to really get the gospel out there. Like yeah. we talked about before, mm-hmm. that this really is a way of sharing God's grace and his mercy and his love with yeah. other people. So it's kind mm-hmm. it's a big privilege in a lot of yeah. ways, I think, that God mm-hmm. invites us into that work with him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. So Cool stuff. Well, Good. Good. Well, before we close, I have an I'm wondering, which I knew would drive you crazy. (laughs) So I had to put it in here. Dylan knows. I'm wondering. I think this question needs to be reframed. How bad are the Broncos (laughs) going to be this season? Let's talk about how good the Broncos are going to be this season. Well, okay, I'll rephrase it. You ready? (laughs) How good are the Broncos going to be this season? We have some great players. That's what it's like. Talent doesn't make a team. So hard. Jerry Judy, did you watch him in some of the opening games? Oh, my goodness. There's some fun guys to watch this year, but um, I'm not sure about the full leadership. Well, now there's 17 games. So if you could give us a season (laughs) prediction, wins, losses. All right, let's see. What should I go with? I You have to know, if you don't know me, that I'm like a Broncos fan for life. Yeah, I've been one of those. Hard. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm blue and orange to the end here. So um, I'm always pretty generous. <laughs> it's been a <laughs> yeah. rough few years, though. Um, I will go 11 and 6. 11 and 6? Oh, you should have seen Dylan's eyes. Ooh, what have you been smoking? <laughs> I live on hope. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, in Jesus, not in the Broncos, I hope. <laughs> I, I This year, kind of more than anything, I hope that the games are fun to watch, that we really see some growth I hope for in that the players. <laughs> <laughs> it's no fun to watch them be terrible. It is not fun. It was fun that for a couple hard. years, but it's been really sad the last yeah. like two seasons. Sitting here with this KC fan, it's rough. Now you know how we it felt forever. I know. I'm like, we haven't felt this yeah. for quite a while. So Yeah, welcome. It's hard. Yes. Welcome to the pit. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's a rotten question. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I will say, and I'll say it again, talent doesn't make a team. Mm-hmm. There have been many sports teams throughout the century, the centuries, <laughs> throughout the decades, who have had the most talented rosters, mm-hmm. but they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot. Yes. Um, so we'll see if they can unify. I have a lot of doubts. Uh, based on their coaching staff, based on what's going on with the front office and ownership and all the divisions. There's a lot that's a mess, uh, for sure. Yeah, I think Pat passing away really did a huge number things. on the Broncos, which is unfortunate because he yeah. was an amazing leader. He was. Um, <laughs> as much as I don't like the Broncos, he was an <laughs> incredible owner. Yep. Um, brought good the for right the guys, good for the community. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so that has been that's clearly been missed. Hard. Yes. Um, and John Elway was an amazing quarterback, but he's not been a great general manager. It's getting, and choosing quarterbacks. Getting Peyton was about the only amazing thing besides Vaughn. Maybe Vaughn. Vaughn was a yeah, good Vaughn's draft a pick. Good one. But you yep. had to be horrible to get Vaughn as a draft pick. So <laughs> there is that. But yeah, yeah I think yeah. if I just Vic's not a good leader of a whole team. Great defensive guy, but he's he not a leader a of a whole team. He is a great defensive guy. And I do not believe in, uh, oh my gosh, Pat Shermer. I don't believe in him. So I have a lot of skepticism about the leadership of the he team. showed a lot of promise. But and well, like what you're talking about, I remember when Manning came, uh, and I think it was some of the, I think I was listening to talk radio, and they were talking about how not only the physical on the field skills that yeah. he brings, but also the intangibles. I yep. thought, oh, that's such a good definition because mm-hmm. you're right. It isn't only talent that right yeah. makes a team. And there's yep. all these inta- intangibles that are crucial mm-hmm. to being able to play well together and to grow yep. together and mm-hmm. all and to for each player to be their best for the yeah. good of the team. So, yeah. um, so we need some of those intangibles. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out <laughs> leadership's Turns out. essential and huh? you can't just Funny. have a bunch of talent around. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. something Sports to it. Sports teams continue not to learn that lesson, but it's okay. Okay. Are you going to make a prediction yeah. for the Broncos and for KC? Uh, KC, I could see going um, 13 oh. and four. Oh, not going all the way undefeated. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Also, I don't want them to go on. They need to lose in the regular season and get it out of their it system. It is a good thing. Yeah. Yep. I don't... Learn a few things along the way. Yeah. I know some people are in love with that idea of undefeated. I'm not. I think it's good for you to lose. Yeah. Uh, we should lose every now and again. That's how you... And better humility. in the season than <laughs> yeah. in the postseason. Yes. In the season, not the postseason. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think they're going undefeated, um, but I think they'll have another great season. So thirteen and four is that what you thirteen said? and four? Okay. Yeah, uh, Broncos I think will go seven and ten. Whoo! I think they'll lose to the Chargers and the Chiefs both games. So there's four losses. Yeah, that's a lot right there. Um, their opening like three weeks is softball. I mean, it's great. It's like the Giants who are a dumpster fire. Finally, we usually start. Yeah. Man, our schedules have been tough. But remember when you were supposed to beat the Jets? <laughs> Would so, you shush over there? Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Again, it's more than just talent. So, yeah, I think they'll be a little better. Teddy's more reliable. The defense is better than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, our defense is um, great. But a defense doesn't score 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Kansas City is going to be still putting up probably 28 to 35 a game against uh, the Broncos. They are so hard to stop. It's a hard team. It it's is. a fast team. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll be better, and I like that. I want them to be better. 
I don't want them to be better than the Chiefs. Right. But I want them to be better as a <laughs> At team. At least fun to watch. Because it's no fun. It's no yeah, fun it's to talk fun. trash with each other when one team is really not doing well. <laughs> then it feels like I'm kicking a puppy. I know. It's like it's we can't trash talk. That's part of the fun of football is you can trash talk with each other. It is part of the fun we have. And then yep. I'm just like, oh, this is sad. This is just painful. But Drew Locke was not the answer. I think that that was it's apparent. It's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised it took him that long, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Teddy's not the answer either. Yeah. Should have drafted Justin Fields, had Teddy start oh, and give goodness. Justin a year. But there were whatever. some other options there. Yeah, he had health concerns. Sure. That's why. Anyways, I won't get too far <laughs> into my football knowledge. But yeah. It won't be a winning season, but it will be a better season. Hey, progress is good, right? I know. I'll take that, I guess. Yeah. I guess, I guess. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, well, we will stop. Uh, and that is it for this week. I'm sure we'll have Amy on again. She was be a fun. lot of fun. So That was good. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks for being on. It was nice to have you on for two weeks. Woohoo. Yeah. Yeah. Good but, stuff. But for now, I'm Dylan. And I'm Amy. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast.